This is Jennifer Pepito with the Restoration Home Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. In this series of episodes, we've been talking about developing your own family rule. We've gone through several months of talking about different aspects of the Benedictine rule, talking about prayer and order and work and hospitality and community. We've had some wonderful guests on our podcast talking about these different aspects of developing a rule of life. And now we've been talking with guests such as Jenny Urich and Heather McFadden and Emily Pepito about developing a rule of life. But what Emily and I wanted to talk about in today's episode is what happens when you create a rule of life and then nobody gets on board. Like you take the time, even with your husband, you take the time to say, we're going to read the Bible every day, or we're going to have limited screen time, or we're going to take a weekly Sabbath. And then a week into it, everybody's frustrated and fighting. And you're like, okay, forget it. What do you do when you hit that inevitable bump in the road? So thanks for joining me today, Emily Pepito, as we talk about obstacles to a rule of life. Thank you for having me on. It's been such a pleasure doing the podcast with you. And also, I think we're partly talking about like, what do you do when, so for instance, I was anorexic and when I was anorexic, the, my 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 adherence to the family rule greatly deviated from how it was before and so also like what do you do when you are when not only are there like bumps to implementing but when you seem to have implemented it so well and then all of a sudden it's backfiring on you or maybe not backfiring but no longer seems to be accomplishing what it accomplished in the early days totally and you know that was a really significant period in our lives and i talk a lot about that in mothering by the book, because until that time, we seemed like a pretty perfect family and we weren't, you wouldn't have dealt with what you dealt with. If, if your dad and I hadn't both been moody and dysfunctional and um, often parenting out of shame and all kinds of issues. But on the surface, there was a lot that looked really good. You know, we were missionaries we read the Bible with our children. We had limited screen time. We lived off grid for a period. Like we did all these really wonderful kind of intentional things. We had a very intentional life. And, but there was a lot of stress on our children because of that intentional life or, you know, because of like the move to Mexico. I mean, obviously better people could have handled that better but we had our struggles with it and that caused stress on our children. And that's a big part of, you know, I, I think why you eventually dealt with an eating disorder is just a way of having some control in your life when there hadn't been a lot of opportunities over the last few years that we've been dealing with all these transitions. And so we had this really significant kind of upheaval and a big sense of failure on my part which really led to feeling or or having a new awareness of God's grace. I talk a lot about this in Mothering by the Book. And so that shame spiral, that encounter with your own frailty and your own problems 
isn't always a bad thing, but it's a bad thing if you just let it derail your family altogether. Yeah. And I think it's really, really hard, especially if you don't realize that you've built your identity on the effects of your family rule that, so that when those effects, um, cease to be happening and when all of a sudden you're like, you know, like you, you're going along and you're like, I just love God. Like, I just love him so much. And because I love him, we, we read our Bible in the morning and because I love him, we've, we're missionaries and because I love him. And I'm not saying that this is you per se, but just this, like, because I love God, we're doing X, Y, and Z. And we have this family rule and we're doing all these great things. And, and it's just so beautiful to see God blessing us. And then nothing about your family rule changes, but all of a sudden someone in your family starts acting up or, or you go through a hard time that brings things up that have either been hidden or have been in your blind spots, or you haven't been ready or mature enough to deal with yet. And then it it can really feel like it's the family rule that has failed. Um, rather than being like, no, my family rule is still holy or is still good, but it's application needs changing or, my family rule, like, like God's word doesn't change just because there's never been like, there's never been, but one who was righteous and, and the commandments, God wasn't like, man, like my commandments aren't being followed. I'm going to like dumb them down a little bit. I'm going to like lessen the consequences. I'm going to be like, well, you know, you're all right. As long as you only commit adultery once or twice, or he never lessens his family rule. And obviously we're not God, but just this, this thing of like, okay, Maybe it's not the family rule. It's the problem. Maybe it's really my heart attitude. And maybe there's things sleeping in my heart that are actually quite um, detrimental to the the intimacy and the righteousness that I crave with my Savior. And maybe maybe this failure in my family rule is less about my children and more about, or my spouse, and more about what what is God wanting to do in my heart and the sanctification process of my life. Yeah, I love that so much. Psalm 37, 34 says, wait for the Lord and keep his way and he will exalt you to inherit the land. I think sometimes we are wanting that quick fix. Like, okay, if I start following a family rule of life, then my kids will all instantly be calm and my husband and I will instantly be getting along and there won't be any upsets or difficulties. But that's not true. I mean, the Bible even says, you know, that, that, Blessed are those who are persecuted or that, you know, when blessed are you when you're persecuted for, for righteousness sake. And so there is often some kind of backlash. There is often some kind of fire that we go through and we're trying to get to the next level in our walk with the Lord. You know, the, the way the Christian way of life is not necessarily an easy path. And so in a way, I think we almost have to expect that. Like, I don't think we need to have an expectation of evil, but I don't think we should be surprised. You know, it says count it all joy when you fall into various trials and temptations. Like, I don't think we should be surprised when our desire to live godly results in some kind of opposition, whether it is physical opposition, like you decide to homeschool and your family's all mocking you for it, or spiritual opposition where you, you decide to do something for the Lord, you know, whether it's taking a mission trip or something like that. And then there's everything in your, all the appliances in your house break down. Like sometimes things just happen and it has nothing to do with the spiritual world. 
But sometimes there is almost like a testing of your faith, a testing of your faith that produces patience. And so instead of when you decide to do something better, you know, you decide to read the Bible to your children every day, and then your children wake up the first day and they're all screaming or they're sick or something terrible happens, it totally derails you. Instead of being like, oh, it's too hard, forget this. Just keep going. Wait on the Lord, trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in his faithfulness instead of just giving up when things are hard. That's so beautiful. And I think that that trusting in the Lord and continuing to do good is something that I see a lot of homeschool moms specifically and probably moms generally um, struggle with because you care so much about your children. And so there's this, there's this thing where it's like, I, you're so, you're so intent on them that a lot of times it's really easy to be like, the thing that I'm doing, this like Bible reading, it's meant to have this effect on these people, these little people who I love so much. And so then when we're not seeing the effect on our children, or we're not seeing the the effect that we're that we're really like emotionally and passionately looking for because of how much we love the people who we are raising and bringing up and training up, it can become even more sort of discouraging and you can go into that shame spiral and and all these lies can come up. But I think at the end of the day, I, I, you know, I sort of very wildly between this paradox of like total responsibility for your children and you're only responsible for being faithful and, and the results are in God's hands. And I think that they both in a way can be simultaneously true. But when it comes to your family rule, when it comes to the commitments that you're making to, to pursue God and to live a, a quiet and peaceful life and to you know, have a family rule and to raise your children in righteousness and raise them with joy and raise them with these things. Um, when we're not seeing the, uh, the effect of it, that's when it really has to be like, this is, this is not about the effect. Like I don't have a family rule so that I will raise perfect children. I have a family rule because it's what God has called me into. And so I will continue to be faithful to it because the faithfulness is a matter between me and God and the effect is up to God. Oh, so good. It's so good because this is a path of sainthood. And we, you know, as a, as a evangelical or a Christian non-denominational believer, I don't think that there is, you know, that you have to have somebody decide that you're a saint. I believe that we have all as believers in Jesus, put on the righteousness of Christ and have that capacity or aptitude for sainthood. And that is part of continuing that walk, that that faithful walk in Jesus. You know, saints didn't stop believing and pursuing God when they got stoned to death. or <laughs> They didn't stop believing and pursuing God when, you know, they were cast out of their family or whatever it is. You're not doing the good works of being a faithful follower of Jesus so th- for a reward. You know, we we look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. So the reward is like, is is in heaven. The reward is, is something that God's preparing for us someday. The reward is the now experience of knowing that we are walking faithful. But there is this paradox because we... What we do matters 100%. What we do as mothers, the the faithful 
reading to our children and looking them in the eyes and and dis- discipling them when they're struggling and making sure they are fed well and loving our husbands because you know I'm reading Scattered Minds by Gabor Mate and he's talking about how early parental stress early parents fighting parents being dysregulated can actually cause ADD in children. And so it does matter what we do. It does matter that we get along with each other, that we choose joy. It does matter that we process our trauma. It does matter that we feed our children well. All of this matters. But we can't guarantee an outcome. We can't guarantee that if we do this, we will have this outcome. You don't see that anywhere in the Bible, that a faithful parent raised up faithful children. More often, you see in the Bible a godly king whose son was a rebel and a hellion. And so I think we we both have to be faithful because God calls us to be faithful because he promises to reward those who diligently seek him, but not be faithful so that we will raise perfect children, but be faithful because we're loving God through our faithfulness. And so there is, and I think that we can trust that you know, the Bible says, bring up your children and nurture and admonition of the Lord and train your children the way they should go and they will not depart from it. So I think that we can have an expectation for good, but I don't think that we need to be disappointed or shocked or give up when we hit a roadblock. Yes, 100% accurate. And I think the the beautiful thing is like, if you look at the Old Testament kings, um, a lot of times it would be like righteous king, un- unrighteous king, righteous king, unrighteous king. And every time there was an unrighteous king, there's a verse and it says, because of God's covenant with David, because of God's covenant with David. And it's a lot of times when I'm, I actually just read this, um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a climber and I'm reading this it's like strength training for climbing. And at the beginning of it, there's this little story and it's this guy and he's, he shows up to a track meet and he says, oh, I, I can never, I can never run professionally. Like, like, look at my legs. I can never compete. And his coach says, oh, well, that doesn't matter. Cause you're not, you're not trying to qualify today. You're training to qualify four years from next Friday. And then again, he like hits his bump and, and the same coach is like, well, you're, what you're training for is four, four years from next Friday. And then four years from next Friday is the Olympics. And so it's just this, it's this idea of, I'm like, what would it look like to remain faithful for 20 years? Like we have a choice. Every day we have a choice to get up and like do what makes us feel good, which is a lot of times the path of least resistance. So if you don't want to wake up in the morning, if you, you know, don't want to like bite your tongue, if you and and not say the kind of like negative whiny thing that you know is coming from like an exhausted from a place of being exhausted and emotionally like completely empty and all these things. And and if we like choose these faithful little things, um, of training. I'm like in 20 years, what will the fruit of that be? And I just, I believe that we have to believe that God will honor our faithfulness. When he said you will reap what you sow, um, he means it. And, and that he is a God who restores and he is a God who honors those who honor him. And so if we believe these promises, I'm like, I don't want to wake up in 20 years having lived every day of my life being like, 
just, oh, that's too hard. Oh, I can't be bothered. Oh, well, you know, another crappy day, blah, blah, blah. Or just life is hard, blah, blah, blah. And then in 20 years, be like, wow, like that's how I spent 20 years rather than like waking up and being like, okay, another day where I'm going to choose with, with like, choose to fight the good fight. And, and I'm so fully on board with like the resting in Christ and the Christ is my strength and I, and I can't do it alone and, and, you know, lead me by side still waters and that aspect of the gospel. But the other side of it is also this pain, this sometimes painful, always patient endurance until the end. And I think that we have to also, when we are parenting and framing a rule of life for for our single lives, our private lives, our marriages, our families, we have to have a 20 year vision for it. And we have to be willing to remain faithful to it because we're like, there is a, there's a long term goal that I am pressing towards in this. Yeah, it's so good. It is. We're, you know, we are those people, that cloud of witnesses who are pressing toward the mark of the high calling. We are those people who are running with endurance. And so there is a, there's a joy that's set before us. And, you know, the the greatest joy in that is just the presence of God, is the the knowledge that someday he's going to say to us, well done, good and faithful servant, that we aren't necessarily doing this so that our children will say, you're such a great mom, or our husbands will love us, or that we'll be known in the community for our good works. We're doing this out of love of Jesus. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so I'm really excited about families you know, having that faith and that trust that it's okay if you if you start out to do better in your family, it's okay if you hit that bump in the road. It's okay if it's a 1% daily improvement. Don't give up just because it's not amazing the first day. Don't give up because it's not amazing the first week. And I'm really excited because we're going to have a little contest actually to where we've been working on a template And it's a template where you can create your own family rule. Because we've been talking in this whole series about developing your own family rule of life. And in May of next year, my new book is going to be coming out. It's called Habits for a Sacred Home. And it's a lot of the same content that we've been talking about on the Restoration Home podcast. It's talking about habits of work and habits of stewardship, habits of prayer, simplicity, stability, hospitality, community, and balance. And at the end of each chapter of the book, there's going to be an opportunity for families to create their own habit or guideline. And I'm including in the book a Canva link so that families can create their own printable guideline that they can hang on the wall and really have it as an anchor point. So I created my own I went on Canva and I, you know, said habits of work. The Pepito family works diligently towards our goals and takes a weekly Sabbath. Habits of stewardship. The Pepito family cares for our bodies and our belongings. So they're just basic value statements. And I want families to be able to make their own basic value statements. And once you get the book, it's going to be even easier because the study guide will really guide you through it. But I'd love for this community of creative moms to try their hand at the design of this template that's going to be included in the book. So in the show notes, we're going to be linking this Canva template and you can go ahead and download it, upload it to Canva or whatever you use for design, and then send us your design 
We're going to vote on it in the Peaceful Press Facebook group. And then the winner of this design contest is going to get a year of the Peaceful Loop for free. In the Peaceful Loop, next year we're going to be going through Habits for a Sacred Home. And this year we've been going through Habits of the Household. So every month in the Peaceful Loop, we're working on these habits. We're going to be doing that next year. So the winner of this design contest is going to get a year of the Peaceful Loop for free, plus a $50 Peaceful Press gift card, shop credit. So I'm really excited to see what moms come up with as they're designing their own family rule of life. And we'll, of course, also post the results on Instagram so you can see them there. And we'll keep you posted on it in the show notes for the podcast. So I'm going to, in the podcast show notes, we're linking the Canva template for Habits for a Sacred Home And then you guys try your hand at designing a beautiful one-page printable. And then we'll vote for it in the Peaceful Press group. And the winner is going to get a year of the Peaceful Loop for free, plus $50 to the Peaceful Press shop. I'm so excited about the change that we are making in our communities, in our families, bringing more connection and more wholeness just through these baby steps and the way that this printable template is going to really help families be reminded of those good values and that family rule they're creating. Thanks for joining me today to talk about it, Emily. I'm so grateful for your wisdom. 